everybody. Welcome back to another episode of With Love Lacey. I'm your host, Lacey. Some of you may know me as Jessie Beth, and that's fine too. I'm her as well. Not really, but on the weekends, I am her. Um, I'm a little nervous about today's episode. I'm a little anxious, um, and I've been kind of just like nervous as I've been writing it. Um, I typically don't write my episodes. I typically just freestyle and kind of go, I know what I'm going to talk about. I know where the scriptures are. And then I just like kind of freestyle it. But um, this topic is just a little bit heavier, a little weightier. And so um, lots of prayer has gone into it. And I've also written it all out just so that I can make sure I communicate clearly and honestly. And so I'm a little nervous about today's episode. And so I just wanted, um, I have, I've been praying and, and um, worshiping and uh, reading through scriptures before this and I want to pray again um, now just because I'm feeling a little anxious and so um, I'm going to pray really quick over us and then I'm going to get into it. Lord, thank you so much that you're not a God who's far away. You're a God who's close. You're a God who's with me in this tiny little cube of a room right now and you are the God that's with every listener as well and so thank you God that you love us, that you've chosen us God, that thank you that despite every mistake that we've made, you love us still and thank you God that you are the only one who can know um, the intentions of our heart. You're the only one who can know um, man, the, the worst and darkest parts of us, God, you know them all and you love us still. And so I just want to thank you that, that that's true for me today and for everyone listening today. Uh, we love you. Amen. So let's get into it. <laughs> Not the funky button. Who pressed that? It was me. Um, for those of you who listened last week, that's the bedroom button and we try to stay away from it. But honestly, now I think it's just kind of funny. So maybe I'll be pressing it every week. I'm not sure. But anyways, today I want to talk about something that is inevitable for all of us. Um, and I know what you're thinking death. That's also inevitable for all of us. But no, I want to talk today about making mistakes. Um, and I just want to be clear before I start that, um, some of the things that happened to me when I was younger, I'll be discussing those things. And I just wanted to give a trigger warning. They could trigger some of the listeners. Uh, some of the topics of discussion will be, um, I will touch on self-harm, abuse, eating disorders, and pornography. So I just want to give that quick trigger warning for those listening. I will lightly be um, just kind of talking about those things. So um, in my life, and I would venture to say like most of the people listening's lives, we have done things that we regret. Um, I've done some really dumb stuff. I've lied. I've used people. I've manipulated people. I've gossiped. I've um, overall, I've hurt a lot of people in my life and hurting people is is inevitable. Um, But I do think that... um, I think that it's, yeah, I think making mistakes in general as a person, it's something that we can't avoid. And I wish I could avoid it, honestly. Man, that would be so much better <laughs> than always making mistakes and hurting people. But sometimes the weight of the people that I've hurt and the weight of the hurt that I've caused can feel really overwhelming and really heavy. And this was one of those weeks um, that it just felt kind of overwhelmingly like a lot. Like I was like, man, this is a lot to carry. And I want to apologize to every person I've ever hurt in my life, you know, starting from 28 years ago. And that's just something I can't do. And so um, we were never meant to carry that weight. Uh, We are supposed to give our burdens to the Lord. And I a thousand percent want to do that. But I also want to be honest that this week it just felt really heavy. Um, My eyes have been puffy. (laughs) I I sent a picture to a couple of 
my friends, if they're listening, you saw my swollen eyes. They are very pretty. Uh, I had to cancel my eyelash appointment because I couldn't, I could not put eyelashes on my puffy eyeballs. They looked like cream puffs, but worse because cream puffs are actually kind of yummy looking. Anyway, um, that was a weird thing for me to say. Uh, moving right along. That's my fake audience and I will be continue using them as well. So uh, a little bit about me, just like to kind of give you guys a little bit of a backstory. Um, if you're listening and you're like, who is this person? This is the first time I've ever listened to a podcast. Hi, I'm Lacey. Um, but if you're listening and you do know me a little bit, um, I just want to give you guys a little bit of a further insight into like kind of my upbringing. Uh, when I was younger, I went through like just some, you know, we all have our stuff that we went through when we were younger. We all have kind of our versions of crazy (laughs) that we lived through. Um, and it kind of just like made us who we are. Um, and as much as like, I'm grateful to be who I am and have gone through what what I went through to get to who I am. Sometimes I wish I could go back and like not have to jump through those hoops. And I know that, you know, listeners that are currently listening will feel the same way. Like, man, couldn't have been a little bit easier for me, Lord, (laughs) you know, but the reality is, is that who I am today is something I'm grateful for. And I know that every single thing that happened in my life led up to the the person I am today. And so uh, whenever I was like extremely young, I was abused by a stepbrother, and then I watched my mom as she was abused by a stepfather. I sat through multiple divorces and remarries. I had a lot of stepmoms and stepbrothers and stepsisters, and I kind of grew up in my own brokenness, and I turned to self-harm at a very young age, and then um, I developed an unhealthy relationship with my body and with food and developed an eating disorder also at a young age, and it was kind of an attempt um, just to to control some of the chaos that ensued me. It kind of felt like, okay, well, I can control what I eat or when I throw up and that will that will help me kind of gra- get a grasp on things is kind of how I felt. It was the one thing I could control, um, which is a lie. Um, and then whenever I was 11, I accidentally stumbled upon pr- pornography and I wrestled with an addiction to pornography for 10 years. So until I was 21... Um, and I tried to take my own life three times before I was 16. And so again, all of us have our crazy, our versions of crazy and things that happen, um, our testimony, our story, things that led up to make us who we are today. And I just kind of want to give you a little bit of like an insight on mine. Um, and as much as I wish sometimes that I could have skipped over some of the the parts of my story, the reality is, is that God used them to build something in me and that's character and that's perseverance and that's strength and that's dependence on him. And I want to be, you know, grateful for that. At the same time, I don't want to ever blame my mistakes on my past. I don't want to say, well, I'm the way I am today because I have daddy issues or I'm the way I am today because of, you know, the things I lived through. Like there comes a time in your life and when you step into adulthood where you have to take responsibility for who you are as a person and you can't continue to blame, um, place blame on your past. And so I've kind of reached that point. I'm 28 um, and I've been in therapy on and off for multiple years and I have reached a point where it's like, okay, I'm responsible for me today. And I'm responsible for um, giving my thoughts, giving my anxiety, giving my depression. I'm responsible for for giving that to the Lord and um, asking him to continually renew my mind with his word, with the spirit. And so there comes a point in time where you can't anymore continue to blame everything. And I know that that's kind of controversial of me to say. It's probably the most controversial thing you'll ever hear me say because I'm not a very controversial person. Um, But yeah, I do think that we have to take responsibility at some point. And so 
Uh, I've been learning for the past three years just in therapy and um, counseling like how my past trauma and past things that have happened to me in the past have um, affected who I am now and have affected my relationships, have affected the way that I you know, am in intimate relationships and family situations, codependency, alcohol, all of those things. Um, it's I've kind of been just learning on a journey of learning how my past affects my current situation. At the end of the day, though, I am responsible for myself and for my actions and for the hurts that I've caused, the lies that I've told, and the ways that I handle these things. And so the last few months have been extremely difficult. Um, at the end of May, I was caught in a lie. And it wasn't just a lie of like whether or not I liked the color green or um, a lie about where I was going after church. Like it was a big lie. Um, and it seemed small at the time, but it grew into this like web of lies that I felt like I couldn't get out of. And if I could go back in time, obviously I would never have lied to begin with. Um, then I wouldn't have had to keep up with the lie and like, you know, make it bigger and bigger and then eventually feel trapped by it like I couldn't get out. And I even remember when the lie started. Um, and I, I told just one person and it was like, it felt like this was like this tiny line. It was like, Oh, I'm just going to say this in passing and it won't really hurt anybody. Right. Like no wrong. Um, this lie would grow and I would lie to other people and I would continue unraveling the lie and forgetting what I had said and who I had said it to. And this lie would keep me up at night. And I felt like I was like living in this lie, but also that I couldn't confess the lie because it had gone too far and it would hurt too many people if I told the truth. And so I just kept lying. <laughs> and I remember I told my counselor what I had lied about. And she was like, um, you should probably confess that to those people that you've lied to. And I'm like, I can't, I'm too scared. So if you're listening, and if, if you've ever felt this way before, just know that you're not alone. Um, I felt this way four months ago. So um, don't worry. I want to encourage you that telling the truth, no matter how difficult it may be, and no matter what you will lose is better than keeping it in. And that's what I wish I would have done at the time. I remember the first time I told somebody that I was addicted to pornography. I was 21 at Bible college. <laughs> like you girl was a Bible college student. I was literally studying God's word, but like doing everything that God's word said not to do. And I, I, I surely, I was like, surely I can't tell anybody that I'm struggling with this because no girl struggles with it. It's gross. It's extremely shameful. But here's the truth. Satan is the ultimate liar. Obviously, he will whisper accusations and convince us that what we're struggling with is like way too gross, way too bad. No one's ever struggled with it before. It's too much. People will shun you if you tell them. No one will love you if you're honest about it. And Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's what we know. John 10, 10. And he'll do just that. If we succumb to his lies, he will distract us, divert us from what God has called us to do and destroy our potential. Trust me. I know. Craig Rochelle says it like this. If Satan can get you to believe a lie, your life will be affected as if that lie were true. Let that sink in for a second. The worst part of, of Satan, Satan's lies is they're, they're easy to believe because our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Jeremiah 17, 9, another version says that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. <laughs> can I get a hallelujah? Wait. Okay. I'm just imagining someone saying, amen, pray, praise, praise. Okay. I lived for 11 years in the dark, struggling with an addiction because I believed a lie that if people knew that me, Lacey Abercrombie, this Jesus loving, praying, worship team, Bible school girl struggled with something as disgusting as that, that they would never accept me. 
they would shun me and that I was gross. And I, I remember sitting with my best friend at Bible college, her name's Bethany and her and I were just the ultimate duo. Um, I think if anybody's listening right now that went to Bible college with us, they can just remember when we were walking down the hallways, it was like, Oh my gosh, they are just like so loud and funny. And we would at, at the dining hall, we would just always be like the most, you know, we were just extra very extra. But I remember sitting with her in my dorm room and um, we were just sitting next to her on, on the couch. And earlier that day, I had heard this song called Out of Hiding by Stephanie Gretzinger. And the lyrics say, come out of hiding, you're safe here with me. There's no need to cover what I already see. You've got your secrets, but I hold your peace. You've been on lockdown and I hold the key. I loved you before you knew it was love. I saw it all and I saw the, I, I still, sorry, um, chose the cross. You were the one I was thinking of when I rose from the grave. Now rid of the shackles, my victory is yours. I tore the veil so you could come close. There's no reason to stand at a distance anymore. You're not far from home. And I remember listening to that earlier that day and thinking this is for me. Um, God, God wanted me to hear that, um, I wasn't far from home and that he already knew. <laughs> he already knew. Oh, if you're watching this on video, my lights just flickered. That was the Lord saying amen. Just kidding. Um, but I knew that God wanted me to hear that song and to come out of hiding because I had been hiding for way too long. And, um, you know, Hebrews 4.12 gives us the solution to Jeremiah 17.9 because Jeremiah 17.9 says, the heart's deceitful and desperately wicked of all things. It's beyond cure. And Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the hearts, the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And it was funny, I'd been studying God's word while simultaneously running from it. And... I knew that I needed to come clean. And the first person I ever told was Bethany, a friend of mine to this day, who will go months, sometimes a year without talking. And then we'll talk on the phone for three hours. It's okay, Lacey. That was her response. I don't think you're weird or gross or any of that at all. <laughs> I like, I broke down because A, this was like the most amazing response you could never expect but b that was the response of jesus too like it's okay i don't think you're gross or weird or any of those things and i just i tell that story because i wish i could go back in time to four months ago <laughs> to a year ago and remember that story of how of how being honest um how being honest was the right thing and the response that I got. I wish I could have reminded myself that before I told um, the lie that I told. And I wish, it, I think if I would have remembered that, I think I would have, life would be different now. It would. Um, but unfortunately, the reality is, is that I did lie. And um, that lie cost me many friendships, relationships, and even a job. Um, and I, I wanted to talk about this because I hope to be able to help somebody else before they get themselves into this a situation similar. Um, uh, or before you like have spun yourself into this web of lies that you're so deep and you can't get out of it or um, to encourage somebody who's in the web of the lies to just get out just go and confess and be honest with people um, as fast as you can <laughs> like literally if it means pausing this right now and going and doing it go do it um, something that God has been teaching me over the last four months is that Satan is not creative he's not creative he's not cool at all he literally uses the same lie that he has our whole lives and that's why we believe it because we've heard it so long it's 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 repetition and that's why it's easy for me to believe and so Satan used the lie that I wasn't good enough when I was abused whenever I was young 
He used it again when I was 11 and I saw porn for the first time. He used that lie again when I was 24 and my dad told me that he wouldn't stop drinking even if it meant we could have a relationship. He used it again when I was 28. And so if Satan is repeatedly lying to me about the same repeated thing, what can I do? Fight repetition with repetition. In his book, Winning the War in Your Mind, Craig Rochelle, who's one of my favorite pastors and speakers and authors, he says that in order to replace lies with the truth, you have to repeat the truth over and over again. And he says you have to write it down, think it, and confess it until you believe it. And so um, as early in the morning as possible, I would say start your day with the truth of speaking it over yourself. I started talking to myself and I'm like, this seems weird, but now it doesn't seem weird at all anymore. (laughs) Whenever I am saying my affirmations that are from scripture, there's something different about um, preaching God's word over yourself. and so I have this printout that I have. Uh, I have it in my phone. I have it on my refrigerator. I have it on my mirror in my bathroom, my mirror in my room, and in my car. And so basically everywhere I can see it, just in case in like the midday it sneaks up, and I'm like, oh, I need to hear God's word, and then I can boom, just read it. And this is what I this is what I have printed out. I am strong and mighty in Christ. I have Christ dwelling in me. I am not my past. I am not what I did. I am not what they think I am. I am who God says I am. I am forgiven. I am free. I am not a hostage to my unhealthy thoughts. The weapon I fight with, the weapons I fight with are not weapons of this world. They have the power to demolish strongholds. I have the mind of Christ directing my steps. I have the word of God guiding my steps. Worry is not my master. God's peace guards my heart and my mind. I am not a slave to my habits. I am not a prisoner to my addictions. I have been rescued from the power of darkness and have been brought into the kingdom of God's light. I am empowered I am called, I am chosen. I am the masterpiece of God created in Christ to do good works. God is for me. God is with me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I am who God says I am. Without the truth of God's word, without writing it down and thinking about it and confessing it until we believe it, I will only dwell on the mistakes that I've made and who I've been. And I will dwell on the mistakes I've made 10 years ago, but I'll also dwell on the mistakes I made four months ago, and I'll also dwell on the mistakes I made this morning, if not if not for God's word, if not for this guiding my life and guiding my heart, guiding my day. God has given me the opportunity to be new in him, but this does not mean that I am immune or excused from the consequences of my sin. So hear me loud and clear when I say, God forgives us, he wipes it clean, he loves us, and there's nothing that we could do that could separate us from him. There's just not a single thing, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, But unfortunately, there are consequences that come with our sin. So the lies that I've told, of course, consequences were birthed out of that. And at first, I was angry with the people But now I'm like, my anger was directed incorrectly. I should be angry with my sin and um, not angry with the anger with my sin to a place where it leads to shame and guilt, but angry to a place where it leads to repentance and change. And um, so for a long time, I think I had that twisted. And so now I'm learning that um, I made the mess and I have to understand that sin has consequences. And sin is just that, it's messy and it's hurtful and it's sad and it causes a lot of pain. And when we sin, we have to confess. And I wish it was just as easy as confessing only to the Lord. Like if I would have just had to confess my life to the Lord, I'd be like, okay, just in my quiet prayer time, be like, okay, Lord, I also lied about this, but um, I'm really sorry, amen. Um, that was a little ASMR for you, you're welcome. <laughs> I wish it was that easy where that that's where it had to stop and I'm like okay well now I don't have to tell anybody else no the reality is is if we lie to people we have to go confess and tell them that we lied and I freaking wish that (laughs) I wish that I could have just confessed it to the Lord but I was caught 
Like I was caught in my lie. So it, it wasn't even that I was like this amazing person. I went and I confessed and I'm like, yeah, I told this lie. And you know, no, 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 I was caught. I was caught red handed. There was no way around it. And I had to, um, like tell the story of the lie like so many times and repeatedly to the people that it hurt and affected and it was exhausting and humiliating and embarrassing and I hurt people and I wish I could take it back I really do and I just uh, the best part I'm gonna end on a light note don't worry I'm getting to the happy stuff but the best part about this is I remember and I'm gonna try not to get choked up but it's not going to work I remember going to my pastor and telling him what I had done and I remember I walked into his office and I was shaking I was trembling and I was like so scared I didn't want to tell him what I had done and because the lies directly affected him and I was so just so scared and humiliated and embarrassed and all those things everything that you can imagine I was feeling that and I was shaking like trembling I I knocked on his door and I was like can I come in he said yeah come on and I walked in and I sat down and I cried and I told him all the ins and outs of the lies that I had told and they were birthed out of my severe insecurity and when I was done telling him (laughs) he offered me tissues (laughs) and isn't that the way that the Lord responds he like hands us a solution (laughs) and he looked at me in my eyes and he said Lacey I already knew it's okay I forgive you I love you you are family to me and when he said that I obviously cried even more and now even anytime I tell people that that's how he responded I cry because what a beautiful testament of the way that the Lord responds to us too and when he said your family to me this didn't mean that I was invited to the family Christmas it didn't mean that him and I were going to go back to being friends or that even I could stay around those same people and 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 have coffee and we can just pretend it never happened that's not what it meant it meant that we both belong to Jesus. We are family because no matter what I had done and how wrong it was, I belonged to Jesus and so did he and we were family and he loved me for me because I belonged to Jesus. And so I just want to say, you know, who else responds to us this way is the Lord. He, the Lord looks at us and says, I already knew it's okay. I forgive you. You are family to me. And so I want to end by saying this. If you're listening to this podcast and I'd hurt you, I'm just so incredibly sorry. And I wish I could go back in time and undo it and fix it. Um, anybody. I mean, even if, if, if you were involved in the last four months or if you were involved in the last four years or 10 years and I've hurt you, I'm just so sorry. I wish I could go back in time, but I can't. And I know that I've heard a lot of people and I, I feel like there's this huge list in my mind sometimes that comes up and I'm like, oh, this is exhausting to think about trying to apologize to every single person. So I can't do that, but I am determined to move forward and cling to the truth of God's word and what he says about me and bring that into um, my relationships, and my friendships moving forward. And so I want to read from, me, read from um, Craig Rochelle's book, Winning the War in Your Mind. And this is page 206. And I just want to read this over you as we end you are not controlled by fear you are not stuck you are not a slave to your habits you are not a prisoner to your addictions you are not a victim you are not failing you are not unlikable you are not unworthy of love you are not your past you are not what you did you are not what someone else did to you 
You are not what others say you are. You are not who your unhealthy thoughts say you are. You are not alone. You are who God says you are. And because of Christ, you are loved, you are forgiven, you are healed, you are new, you are redeemed, you are free, you are blessed, you are strong and mighty, you are chosen, you are empowered, and you are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. Let the truth about you trickle in, become a torrent, and transform you. Your God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Your God is for you. He will fight for you. No weapon against you will prosper. You are more than conqueror through him. Your God is enough for you. He is more than enough. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Not death, not demons, not the present, not the past. Nothing will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let God change your thinking. He will change your life. I'll see you guys next time.